Welcome to Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. We're sisters walking together on a journey of faith. We're not perfect. And we definitely don't have all the answers. We're inviting you to walk with us as we explore ways we can better know and grow in our faith together. together. We're so happy to be back with another episode from Of Sound Mind and Spirit. Hey, Lisa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Shelly? Oh, couldn't be better. We're recording. <laughs> Yay! I wonder if this is going to get old. <laughs> not yet. I hope not. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're gathering today because today is going to be all about helping to refine your focus when you get distracted at church. You get distracted at church? You don't. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. No, we know that going to church every week, you know, it's such an important part of our faith. And it's it's really such a great opportunity to spend time with Jesus and to grow in our relationship with God. And yeah, sometimes it's it's not that easy. Well, you know, we would be so much better at being present in church every week if we could just sort of tune out all the distractions and then really stay focused on exactly why we're there, you know, to worship God. Yeah, there's a lot of distractions or there can be, I should say. I mean, that's not even, okay, let's just start right away with if you have kids, I don't care if they're a baby or they're 22, they can be a huge distraction. I've got one that like to sleeps on me and, and we'll be in the middle of church and they'll just start leaning over and falling asleep on me. And I'm yeah. like, hello, wake up, get up. Yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my teens have done the whole squeezing hand war thing. You know, they, you think they're all sweet, like holding hands and then they start squeezing and it, yeah, just, it, it never ends up good. So, you know, what about somebody behind you coughing, sneezing, and all you can think about, especially in this day and age, is like germs. Oh, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. Or just, I mean, I was like, just, just mind wandering. I mean, I can't tell you, you know, how many times I'm sitting there and, you know, you just, it's natural. Your mind starts going through your to-do list or what are we having for lunch after, you know, any of those kinds of things. And let's not forget the crying baby that maybe somewhere in the back or even worse, the really cute one that's maybe a couple of pews yes. ahead of you and they're smiling and wanting to play peekaboo. Oh yeah. I'm always like, oh honey, look at that baby. It's so cute. <laughs> I know one for you. Hey, how about when the air conditioning isn't working and the church is too hot? Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's either too hot or too cold. And then I obsess about if I didn't bring my jacket or I did bring my jacket. Oh, yeah. That's a huge one. And then... Or you left it in the car. I left it in the car, right. <laughs> or what if I left my phone in the car and then I'm like, did I leave it where someone can see it? Is my car going to get broken into? You know, all... It, there's just a never-ending list of all the things that can just pull you away from what you're there to do. <laughs> or how about that moment of panic when you think, did I silence my cell phone? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, Lisa, on any given Sunday, there's a number of reasons that can keep us from giving Jesus our complete attention. <laughs> yes. It's just incredible. It is. But we know it's important to be there and we want to do better. So how do we do it? Yeah, Lisa, how do we do that? (laughs) 
I, you've got my attention now, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, many years ago, when my kids were still littles, I wrote a post on the blog about how to engage your kids at mass. And it had 16 points. So if you still have littles, this is, I will put it in the show notes. But what's funny about that post is many of those tips for kids <laughs> actually apply to us as adults or our, ki- or our teens and young adults. So we need it as much as the little kids do. Um, number one, start preparing before you leave for church. Prepare in advance. Get your clothes out. Say, you know, talk about time management. Are you eating? What are you doing? You know, just like you would go to work the next day or take this, the kids to school, like start preparing. Arriving late or in a rush or in a bad mood, oh gosh, that just sets you up for not a great experience. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, but sometimes some of those things are out of your control. So True. I like your idea of preparing your mind, even taking a breath. And if it's getting stressful, just kind of, okay, this is what yes. we're doing. I'm not going to let it take away my bad mood. I mean, my good mood. (laughs) You're not going to let it ruin being there to worship Jesus because of all the, you know what, that just happened back at the house or in the car on the way there. Arrive early. I know. I know. I'm, I'm miss, I am late everywhere. So this is a really hard one for me to advise, but I need to hear it myself because I'm always late. Arrive enough time hopefully to not fight for a parking space because as you know, everybody that goes to church backs in. Am I right? Yeah. They're all back have, into their parking spaces. And it takes I have started forever. to notice that. Yes, it takes forever. So um, arrive early to get your parking space, to walk in, find your seat, and sit and pray or kneel and pray. Um, silence your mind. Take a deep breath. Pray. And one thing that I do is I like to, if, I, if my mind is cluttered and I can't think of anything else that morning to pray, I like to say, Lord, May I be as present to you in this mass as you are to me in the Eucharist. Whoa, that's a big one, Lisa. <laughs> I know it's beautiful, but it's that's such a powerful prayer. And, and I didn't write it. I'm sure I got it from somewhere. But But just kind of give it up and start mass that way and just let God handle it. All right. You want to grab the next one? Because I know this is this is one of your go-tos. This this is one of my favorites. Um, sit in the front. <laughs> really. I started sitting in the front when I had little kids because they kept reserving the last pew or the last row against the back wall of the church for families who might need to get up and leave during during church service or mass. But I found it to be quite the opposite. I sit up close to the front and it works. People, they pay attention. Um, when we were at our other parish, we had, uh, we were in a temporary space and we had folding chairs and I had a toddler and there was nothing worse than trying to hold on to a a squirmy toddler and you'd put him down and he would push that folding chair forward (laughs) into the other person's knees and make them fall over. And it was a mess. So we just started sitting in the front row. You know, I mean, he wasn't going to get more than a few steps ahead of me. And even today, well, we chased him down a few times, but even today we still sit in those first three pews. It doesn't matter which side really. And I sit in the middle now, I sit on the aisle, but sitting in the front, I can see, they can see. And when the kids see and know what's going on, you start to pay better attention. I'm going to throw it in there, not just the kids. I find that when I, when I do sit in the back or really the back half of the church, I am so distracted. I'm, I'm watching 
the people in front of, you know, like there's just, there's, there's movement. There's a lot of movement of all the people mm-hmm. around you. And when I can sit in the front, I am much less distracted. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of things to look at. There are a lot of things to look at. I mean, you can, the choir is there and the, the priest and the altar servers. There's just, there's just more stuff. And, and I tune out <laughs> all the chaos happening in the pews. But you're there. I'm there. No, yes, it's. I've mm-hmm. learned that about myself. Okay, the the next one is to participate in mass. Woohoo! I know. I know that sounds kind of silly because obviously you're going to sit, you're going to stand, you're going to kneel, but also say the responses and say the prayers and sing. Wait, what? Sing? I know. Nobody sings. The choir sings. No, sing. And I, I, I sometimes struggle because I don't know the songs or, or, you know, whatever, but just give it your best effort. And even if it's not your type of music, maybe you're at a mass where they have a, <laughs> they do, con- they do Latin or they do contemporary or whatever. I've been, I visited some, some churches where I've been like, whoa, what is this? I don't know this. Um, you just try, just try. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about you. It really is not about how well you sing. It's not about if you can carry a tune. It's worship. You are praising and worshiping God. So just, it's a prayer. So just, just go. Yeah. And another thing I'll point out is when as many people as possible sing together, you don't hear people who can't carry a tune. I don't want to say people with a bad singing voice, but you don't hear them and you don't notice that. So even if you think I, I, I can't carry a tune, people are going to hear me. They're going to look at me. No, because the more people who sing, the more it blends in together. And I was just telling Lisa that I heard our pastor say that, you know, he's not known for his great singing voice, that he was talking about, you know, holding back and singing. And I think he said a teacher, but someone told him once, listen, God gave you that voice. You let him hear it back. And I thought that was so profound. Mm -hmm. I mean, more people need to hear that. God gave you your voice. Worship him with it. Anyway. I, th- I, really I think like that, that when we participate and when we sing, it kind of brings your mind back into focus. The last, I'm not going through all 16. The last one that I have from that is don't give up. Sometimes it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to work out. It's, you know, there. how many of us have gone back to the car after mass and cried? I know I'm not the only one who has just felt defeated and felt like, I should I have even gone? Why was I there? But that's as we as we're talking about. That's not the important thing. You were there, so just don't give up. Keep going. Keep sticking with it. And oh, Shelley, you've got a you've got another one. Well, you were you had mentioned earlier that not every mass is going to be or church service is going to be an amazing spiritual experience, right? You know, and that that's okay because mm-hmm. sometimes it's just enough to be present. So. You asked me once about how how I do this in church, and I started keeping a mass journal. I actually started it back when we had an Indian priest who came to our parish and had a very pronounced accent, and he was difficult to understand in the beginning. And I found that if I kept some notes, albeit in the beginning on the edge of my bulletin, and later I got a little notebook from the grocery store, but... If I kept taking some notes, I could follow along a little better in that I might catch every third or fourth word, but I would not lose my focus and I'd get the general idea of what he was saying. And over time, I've started taking notes about things that really speak to me 
maybe it's something in the reading, or maybe it's the psalm we sang, or a coincidence where I'd been praying for something and it's answered through the scriptures that we read that day. And I'll just find myself writing a note, or maybe the pastor says something like, God gave you that voice, let him hear it back. And I write it down in my journal. But it, it does allow me the opportunity to refocus. And then when I need a pick-me-up, I can go back and open one of those and read through it and see what spoke to me on that day. Mm-hmm. I love that. I I do, I don't journal like you do, but I do take notes in the homily or somewhere in the mass. Sometimes one of the the prayers, like the Lord hear our prayer, the the prayers me, of the faithful. Prayer of the, there we go. Prayers of the faithful. Sometimes there'll be Mass just, intentions. just something that really speaks to me. And so I take notes, but I take them in the edges of my Magnificat, my, my missile. So I've, I've not broken down and gotten a mass journal, but maybe one day I will because now I have notes everywhere. I like that you can go back and look easily at it. Yeah. And there are note-taking Bibles now for people who actually take Bibles into church. They, they have note-taking Bibles mm-hmm. so you could you could journal something about scripture in there too. Mm -hmm. So another one uh, tip that I've, or way that I've learned to focus or it wasn't intentional, but I learned more about the mass. Oh yes. As we talked in the last episode, there's so much that you, and I don't, I don't think that we're in, maybe we're unusual, but I don't think we're unusual. I think that most Catholics, it's such a, actually Christians in general, like it's such a big and deep and rich faith right? That there's so much that it's it's hard unless you are theology students or seminarians or priests or, you know, like it's hard to know all of it. So anyway, so I, I love to read and um, I started reading books about the mass and there's a lot of videos out there and I'll share some of them in the show notes that my favorites, but learning about the mass and the mechanics and why we do stuff or like one of my kids would ask my son is actually when he was a little bitty before he started altar serving and stuff he actually asked me because we were sitting in the front why the priest put water in the wine he saw it and i remember we went and spoke to the priest after mass maybe not right after but you know later and and i let him he was like five i let him ask so that he could get an answer and all that. But learning like little things like that make it, I don't know, they make you pay attention and they help you refocus. My favorite one right now is I learned, I I hate to say that I didn't pay attention to this and I, I feel really silly about it, but there is a prayer that the priest says after it's called the embolism, which I know you looked it up for me, didn't you, Shelley? Yes, I did, because you got me with a word I didn't know, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> well, last week, I introduced metanoia, and now you brought up this word embolism, Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, wait, that's usually like a heart bursting right. or something. But, Why is that in the mass? <laughs> so I looked it up. It means an insertion, addition, or interpretation. Right. So this is a prayer that the priest says between immediately after the Our Father, but before we say, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. So it's it's the prayer he says in between. And it is, deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's so powerful, Lisa. I, I, love, I that. love that you found that. And now that I read it and realized, you know, now when I go to mass, I you get kind of caught up 
in the Our Father and then like, especially if your church or your family is willing to holding hands during the Our Father and all that stuff, you kind of get caught up in that and you have to stop and consciously stop and listen to that because there's just something for me that grant peace in our days, help us, may we always be free from sin and safe from all distress. I just... I love that. I love, I love that. So anyway, so that was, that helped me refocus when I hear that. And there's so many more, but I'm not going to go into all of them, but <laughs> there's so many more Aww. little things like that in the mass that are just so powerful and amazing. Yeah. Now, if you need another reason to go <laughs> to church, like you need a reason other than Jesus, but in our family, we started looking for ways to get involved. And yes, this kind of came about more intently when we had our children, but for me, I started as volunteering as a lector or a reader of the word right after grandpa's funeral. I was asked to read at grandpa's funeral mass, and I got up and did the first reading. And ever since then, I went back to my parish and said, what do I need to do to, to read at church? And I only read once in that parish. And then in my second parish, I did go back and start reading with, with them. But when I came to our parish, because Lisa and I actually go to the same church now, we do. <laughs> I went and was trained as a lector. And really to be trained as a lector or a reader of the word was simply learning how to approach and how to prepare and kind of the, the logistics of going up there and bowing and stepping up and reading and then stepping back. And we've got a workbook and it tells you how to put emphasis on certain words. And I really enjoy it. I I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> so I encouraged my daughters to serve as well. And my oldest became an altar server. And then she lectured as a young teenager, tween, teen. <laughs> and then she wanted to become an extraordinary minister after confirmation. And I had never done that. And she didn't want to go to training alone. So she asked me to come with her. And in the process, well, you know how <laughs> church staff can be. If you show up, your name is on the list and now I do it. And now because sometimes I go to a service of mass that doesn't have a lot of extraordinary ministers, I get to do it every week. <laughs> sometimes you slip in, not late, but kind of at the end and through the other door so they don't grab you. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise I, I come and I serve as needed. Well, and I know that for my kids, my, my young adults, my older ones, serving really helped them not just pay attention to the mass, but learn the mass in focus. So my oldest um, cantored, they were in the children's choir. And then she was invited to canter when she was, I think she was 12, which mm -hmm. is crazy to think about. She cantered for Christmas mass, one of, the, one of the services. And then she just got on the schedule. I mean, as a 12, 13 year old, she was on the schedule. It just, she loved it. She loved feeling part of the mass and um, to be up there and share her gift of singing. She has a beautiful voice and she's in college now. So hopefully when um, she comes home, she'll keep singing through the summers um, so we can, we can hear her. My son, the same thing. When he hit a certain age, he started altar serving and he did it I mean, for years, same thing. He he liked being part of the mass and learning it. And I think something that they ha haven't articulated, but I think is really important that they will when they're older, is that it made them, uh, what do you say, like take ownership? It made, 
it not just be something that my mom makes me go. <laughs> right. But it, it's their faith. It's their service. And so whether you're a, a kid, a teenager, or an adult, I think it's the same way. I know as a teenager, I was invited to lecture at my confirmation mass. And that's the only time I've ever done it. But I remember being really excited about it. But that's just another way, and it will help you keep focus because if you miss, if you're the cantor and you're missing the introduction, I mean the, like to get up there and sing, you're gonna, you're gonna, you have to pay attention. So you know it matters. Sorry, I got distracted. I remember just recently I missed the cue to go up and do the prayers of the faithful. There you go. <laughs> and Father was like, "Come up here, please," <laughs> waving his fingers at me. But that will help you, you know, stay focused and pay attention and and really feel part of the Mass, not just an observer. Another one that I try to remember and try to do is just stay open on receiving whatever God wants me to experience during that Mass. Like I said, sometimes I... It cannot be the most amazing experience, but I I know that there's something that God wants for me. And it might be something as simple as noticing the sunlight pouring in through one of the windows and it drawing my eye to the stained glass and then having a moment to contemplate or meditate on the, the message or the story that's in the stained glass. Or maybe it's a line in the reading or a prayer or the, the people who brought up the gifts, you know, maybe it's just looking at their family and saying a prayer for them. Or it, it can be something so simple. Or it might be that when you receive communion, you go back and you kneel and you're in tears. You might have a real emotional moment. And I think you've, you've had that, right, Shelly? Yes, yes. For me, emotionally, sometimes going to church is very difficult because of something that's going on in my life. Um, and for me, usually that's grief. I find that when we've had a death in the family, um, our grandfather for once, I think that was the first time I really experienced it. And then later, uh, lost some other people who are very close to me, family members going to church. I find myself crying and it bothered me a lot in the beginning that I couldn't get through church without tears. And sometimes it's just silent tears that that squeeze out of your eyes and roll down your face. And and other times it turns into a very emotional moment and I have to get up and step out. But I, I mentioned that once to someone and they said, you know, Jesus knows what you're going through. I said, what do you mean? He said, Jesus wept. It's in the Bible. When Lazarus died, Jesus wept. And so it's okay that you're there. And you know that that there is something greater in life than just this death, that they have the opportunity for everlasting life with Christ. And I pray for them all the time that they are there and they know the full glory of God. And so when I go to Mass and I'm emotional, I think Lisa reminded me, you know, take it easy on yourself because mm -hmm. God knows what's going on with you. And it is like we've said all throughout this time together, the important thing is that you're there. And so mm -hmm. rest in the Lord and let him surround you with his love and mercy because give yourself grace. You're there. God knows your heart. He knows you and you're there with him. So no matter where you are today, in your faith life, 
in your family life, in your church life, we are inviting you. No, we're encouraging you. <laughs> Go to church this week. Go. Bring your family with you. Go and experience the love of community in worshiping Jesus and see how it impacts and flows over into the rest of your week. I love that. And I will add, if no one else will go with you, go by yourself. Just go. I like that. I would love to hear from you. What tips do you have? What helps you stay focused? What helps you get out the door? I know we've given a lot, but that's how we learn from each other. We want to hear back from you. What works for you and what can you help us take away? And we can hopefully put it in a next episode or share it online. Remember, we're going to have show notes. They're in the bottom. <laughs> They're in the, uh, the description and on the website. So we'll um, leave you some tips. We'll leave you links to videos and books all about learning more about the mass if that's what you want to do. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Send us an email. Visit us online, soundmindandspirit.com. I'm still smiling. I know it's our second episode, but I'm still smiling. I'm so excited. And I think that one of the reasons I'm really excited is that we get to do this as sisters. Yes. It's been a journey together. And I would not have come up with any of these things on my own. I get these by sharing them with you, Lisa. Thank you. I really think that it is through the collaboration of the two of us. What do you always say? We're on that journey of faith together. Mm -hmm. we're, and we're, we're not walking perfect. side by side. <laughs> and we're not perfect at all. So that's why that's why we're sharing and we're being open to feedback and hearing back from we're people. We're still learning. I guess we need to say goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Till next time. We will see you later. Bye. Bye.